recording, guys. Are we live? You can start your chitty chat, but we're recording. Oh, so, dear. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. How many participants? my mechanic calls me. Oh, your mechanic is calling <gasps> now? Oh, my God. <laughs> bad because I'm trying to get a share. Did she just fall off of something? Did she just, she just, just fell, fell off, off the chair? Yeah, she did. <laughs> wow. What's that, going on? Yeah, she started drinking early today. I'm just yeah, kidding. How y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, she's drinking early today, everybody. She had a cocktail ahead of everyone. And wishes, wishes. So, uh, how you guys doing? Oh, right. we good. Yeah. You know me. Look. <laughs> the dome is oh, hot. Yeah. Yeah, it is Ooh, hot. It's hot. Definitely hot. Yeah, it's hot. It's I'm, definitely uh, hot. Felicia looks good. I like your necklace, girl. Thanks. It's been suggested that if it gets hot in here, the removal of all garments is one school of thought that I personally do not subscribe to. Getting hot <laughs> in here. I'm actually feeling the same way. I'm like, oh, uh, is this sweater too hot? It's so funny. Oh, yeah, that, you're making me hot in that sweater. Okay, you know what it is? It's like working with females is like, okay, because you know, like, you, you know, you know, we're feeling better about this podcast because uh, we're all trying to look a little bit better. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's like, all right, this may be, Pam's putting on, look at Pam's figure in her face. Masavia Greer, boom, boom. Okay, boom. We're going live on Facebook. Boom. Okay, wait, my, oh, my, my hair is out of the way. Oh, I Do I have spinach in my tooth? Do I? Just kidding. Yeah. Let's zoom up on it. Let's see. <laughs> okay, spinach on your tooth. I don't think so. Boom. Okay, so can Thank I go you. live? Why is it not let me go live now? Don't like me. Oh, man. No, you're not live yet, are you? No, I'm trying to. It's telling me it doesn't like what I'm doing. It yeah, like waiting the title. Waiting to see you. I know. No, hold on. Because um, the worst is I'm going to have to, the editor is going to kill me because he's going to be like, what are you doing? He's like, when do I start this thing? When I no, I'm sorry, shut up. Zip. About to say when I tell you. <laughs> You're right. So okay, preview. He's not letting me go back on. Go live. Okay, I gotta start all over again. I am not a happy camper. Cause why not? Oh, it's not working. No, I, I have to tell you, my whole day has been a little bit weird. My whole day yeah. has been a little weird. And and I, I I was it actually started. Oh, it says oh we're streaming. We are streaming live. Hi everybody. <laughs> I don't know how to work this thing. This is turning into a new technology for me. Um, it's, uh, we are uh, at the Laugh Factory. Well, I am at the Laugh Factory and Heather's at the Laugh Factory. If you just missed it, she fell off her stool. Uh, Felicia's looking fabulous with a new necklace. I'm trying to wear a sweater because I think it looks, because I spent too much money on it for it to sit in my drawer because it's a pandemic. And we don't go nowhere during pandemics. Um, I, I think today was a weird day for me because I, I watched the news early to think that that is the problem. Anyone have done turn on the yes, news? Yes, I've been watching. Early? Yes, it's very disturbing. It's very, very disturbing. Um, we yes. had the, the uh, William Barr thing that was going on. Oh, and, man. And it's almost mm. like, I, I don't mean to be one of those people, but as soon as I see, like, as soon as, you know, oh my, I, the guy is, it's, it's, it's everything so blatant right now. And, and it's just, it's, I posted something on online and Felicia said basically nobody cares and the fact is, is the truth is, is nobody cares and then I'm now I'm thinking Marvin Gaye says who really cares who is willing to try to change the world that is destined to die so I'm like and I know I'm saying way in the wrong key my mother would be like Maya darling why are you singing so low that Marvin Gaye, <laughs> Marvin Gaye piece is just it's not appropriate we need to go up to um so anyway that's where I'm at 
And um, it's it's making me feel very strange. Uh, Pam, did you watch? Did you watch the bar thing? Did you yes, watch the? Yes, I watched total? the bar thing. I watched. Yeah. I watched an, uh, a big hunk of it, and uh, the fact that he, uh, you know they're saying, well, you guys just tear gassed people, you know, protesters, and then you didn't do anything with the protesters. You showed up with machine guns, swastikas, a noose hanging around, a brown doll screaming if they want to lynch the. Uh, lynch the governor because uh, he's making people put on a mask and stay home. Um, that, and he was like, oh, wow. I didn't know anything about that. That's what he said. Oh, I didn't know anything about that. And then they said, well, how are you? Is this our guest? Yes, it's our guest. It is. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Fantastic. Oh, and Mike coming in. Hey, so Mike. Mike, you're Mike is kind of sideways. Mike, you're I'm sideways. always sideways. Yep, and I'm sober, so. <laughs> Hold on. How about now? <laughs> you look great. Okay, our guest just signed on, Mike. Go. So you you have to you have to give us a minute. I'm I'm very excited, um, ladies and gentlemen, those who are watching live, those who are just watching as we rerun this. Um, we're very excited to have Rob Cantrell with us, everyone. A comedian. Hello. hello. Actor. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. can hear you. <sighs> How are you, sir? My name's Maya. Above you is uh, Pam and. And you know Masavia, next to Masavia is Felicia, above Felicia's Heather, and Mike just signed on. So, hello. Hello, hello. How's hi. it going? We're, we're doing Good. well. We're trying, to, uh, we're trying to make this uh, pandemic, and we can't tell what's worse, the pandemic or just the news. It's like, <laughs> just the regular heat. news. The heat. Oh heat. Which I got no is? air conditioning. I got, this is real funk. That you see right here. This is just wow. this amazing. Is East Coast, Brooklyn, no air conditioning, boxer shorts, a bowl of ice cubes before you go to bed, and you put them on your forehead. That's the wow. type of sleep I'm getting. Yes. Tell you the truth, it's really good. Have you slept without air conditioning? Yes, because I used to yes. sleep. Not since down. I left New York. It at first. At first, you're like, oh, I'm going to die. But then it just <laughs> when you can get there. I'm not I, I got a I got a new microphone, so hold up, hold up, check one. I didn't realize you were in Brooklyn, uh, you know, Rob. I th always thought you were in LA for some reason. And oh really? I, that's my mistake. Yeah, I did. I, I just realized you were in Brooklyn. I, yeah, I'm I in New so. York. Yeah, yeah. All this time, man. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How are you? How are you doing? Is uh, are you? Um, so the heat is getting to you. You have a, you have the fan and the ice cubes, or is it just the ice? Yeah, cubes? I got a box fan right on, right on my junk right now, <laughs> shooting right here. But you know when you when you cool the testes, ah, you know it gets it all the way up. It's wow. like taking an ice cube and you put it under your armpit. You ever do that move? That's yeah. another. Yeah, I think movie. I did do that. I'm very excited to learn wow. about this. Is a oh, whole yeah. new thing. Yeah. Oh, well, you I know the apocalypse is coming. Exactly. You got to know these things. And if you take a stick and it's got, you know, it, it comes together like this, you can find water with it. You just pour it. <laughs> I think if you survive. And then there's this thing called the North Star, you know, and if you want to find Jesus, you just go up there. <laughs> I bet you know where the moss grows on the bottom of every tree in Central Park. Yeah, <laughs> is that Northside? I don't know, but I'm not going to tell. I think I can't I don't tell. know. I'm talking I shit tell. right now. I, I feel like if you survive New York in the summer without an air conditioner, you can survive anything. That is true. No, I, I, I have no, you're right. Mo, you know what's up. 
I grew I up in Washington, D.C., born in I 1972. Know. No air conditioning, Northeast <laughs> D.C. Yes, man. Long the air blowing in the window. <laughs> Yeah. We're in we're in northeast. We're in northeast. <laughs> I was born right off of Constitution Avenue. Oh wow, Street. man! Yeah, I went wow. to Brent Elementary. <laughs> I went to Brent in South. People wow, don't know. man! Yeah, you've been chocolate city for real, for real. Like when <laughs> for real, for real. I was. I'm not trying to act like the white guy that's trying to be black. No. But the bottom line is, I try to explain it to people. It's like I was born in Northeast DC. My dad worked I'm for Walter you. Washington. <laughs> He knew wow. Barry. Yeah, when my dad died, Marion Barry wrote our family a, a letter. Like, oh was my, complete. my dad knew Marion Barry when he was young and nerdy and cool and shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, it's old school DC. But uh, wow. yeah, it's, it's uh, they say, you know, fear of a black planet. In Northeast DC, <laughs> 1972, I was born on a black planet. You were born on a black planet in America. <laughs> For a rare <laughs> I, yes, I'm not. I'm not trying to act like I'm down. I'm from the hood. No, no, I know, bro. I'm not I know. street, but I the know. mailman was black. The mayor was black. <laughs> the bus driver's black. All the stores are black. That's <laughs> <laughs> how it is. Wow. You were black by the fault, huh? <laughs> I was. Uh, I'm black. A uh, black friendly. <laughs> RC you know bringing they say stuff up, literally. Friendly. Yeah, four twenty. Chocolate friendly. City, baby. Chocolate, Chocolate City. Yeah. Yes, it was. I love. Yes. Yeah. I love DC. That's so funny, man. How close we were because I, I was, uh, I grew up over by North Capitol, Capitol mm -hmm. Hill, off of Maryland Avenue. Wow. So near Heckinger Mall, and I, was, I always tell people. In DC, growing up, you had to learn how to fight a little bit. Yeah, like it, it's it was just the code. It was just the code. There was no yeah. internet bullies. You had real bullies. <laughs> you didn't have internet bullies. We had rocks. I got rocks. Real rocks. Only at my head. And you learned to run. You learned to run, and then you you learned to see people. And you're like, I think that dude might throw a rock at me. I should go. This way. <laughs> <laughs> See, and people who don't know the DC, if you're if you're tuning in, you don't know DC summers. That's there is not like New York summers are hot, but DC summers are swamp heat. So there's like if you and yeah, it is absolute yeah. humidity. My I have my my family's in Northeast. I have family over in Fort Lincoln. So nice. I, yeah, I'd, I'd sneak down there. But New York, New, I'm a New Yorker though. Like my father's stories were like in the ballpark with Joe Torre playing baseball type things. Oh, wow. I got, I got that kind of thing going on. But what brought you to, so comedy brought you to New York? When did you come to New York? Came into New York 2005, 2003, I met Mo. Um, I started, I left DC right at, not right, I had a job after school doing sales that I hated. And I always wanted to do stand up. And I saw I saw uh, Rich Hall. Do you, know, you know the comedian yep. Rich Hall? Yes, yep. Yep. yes, man. When I was 13, I bought tickets to Rich Hall. And that was the <laughs> first concert I paid for. Now, but the other first stand up comedy show, Mo, listen to this. <laughs> I saw Cosby at the Cap Theater. Wow. 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 And during the Cosby show, like during that era, oh, somebody on a birthday wow. party. I remember being there and looking at, we were at the nosebleeds and looking up at the thing. Wow. Yeah, wow. crazy, crazy. Wow. That's uh, amazing, bro. Yeah, it's amazing. I've, I've had a crazy, crazy wild life and I, I've been blessed, it's been fun, but uh, you know, East Coast was never really my thing. I love California. I started stand up 
in 99 in San Francisco. I quit my job. I sold everything. Uh, I traveled. I had like $1,000 and I was going to land in LA and somebody had a cheap room in San Francisco that I knew. And I went there and I went to an open mic and uh, they have just a really cool scene in San Francisco, especially wow. back then. Right. My buddy was W. Kamau Bell, was like the dude I ran around with, Al Madrigal. Those were all yeah. like the dudes I ran with early on. Wow. So it was a cool, really diverse scene, really hmm. artsy. I'm kind of, I'm a total stoner. So I just love San Francisco. You know, <laughs> from DC, I never even saw good weed until I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you ever do stand up? Did you ever spend any time doing stand up in DC? Yeah, I would go back, like when I lived in San Francisco, uh, I went hard for like three years in San Francisco and got out of the open mics and started opening up the punchline. But then I would go back and stay with my mom and stuff and do shows around DC. So I would do the DC improv and I would do, there was that weird uh, sports bar in Northern Virginia. What was, the, it was like the one other comedy room that wasn't the improv, I forget uh, what. Not the connection, right? Not the comedy it was, connection at all? It was, it, was, it was something, it was something like, it was something like that, but I remember. Pretty big place though, right? Yeah, yeah pretty big place. And I think it was in, uh, it was a basement of a Best Western slash comedy club. <laughs> set up. But, it, you know. Those are the words. Like in the 90s, that was a hot room. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> in 99, that was a good scene. Did you like, like 99? Nobody did comedy in 90s. No, I mean, people did comedy, but it wasn't as hot as it is now. That's what blows yeah. my mind, man. It was like yeah. this weird. So when I went to San Francisco, none of my friends were doing stand up. Nobody even knew what stand up was. Like, I just, I just went and mm -hmm. found it. And then I was like, this is like some cool jazz shit. I want to do this, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, and I just fell in love with it. How does it how does it hold up to New York? What what are the differences? Because I've always been a, a New York comic. All my closest friends were DC comedians for some reason, and now I'm in LA. But I've always wanted to. I went up to San Francisco once for like, for a couple of shows, but I never really got the feel of it. Like, is it, is it more like a, a New York room, more like a DC style comedy, more storytelling, or a little? I think it's a little bit more DC. It's a little pretentious, you know. I, I like DC because it's. You know, New York's just got a ton of money. So there's just a whole upper level of elitism, whereas DC is kind of a blue collar government worker town. Like everybody's kind of the same. And then San right. Francisco is just like Freakville. It's just like weirdos. <laughs> and uh, they'll let it breathe. You know what I'm saying? Like San Francisco right. will let the bit breathe. New York, mm -hmm. you gotta come, hit mm -hmm. hard, right. always hit, never stop hitting. Better be funny, always leave funny. Right. It's just, it's a lot of yeah. pressure. And if you want to be a great comedian, you got to, I think you have to do a little bit of time in New York. It's just- Yeah, I, New York reads that. It, it is, it is a place for, they will let you down. They will tell you, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you're good, even if you're yeah, good, that, you got to yeah. be like extra good. You have to yes. be- extra yes. extra good to be yes. standing out because everybody's yeah. good like everybody's yeah. good but then you have to be extra yeah. like super writer weird you know freakazoid to even stand out hard to get half as much so you have to be black is that like twice uh, that's as acoustic hard. guitar half what's that hard. so you kind of have to be black like you have to go twice as hard to get half the laughs like Oh, New York. It's just a quicker, it's just, it's a, I think comedy is timing, you know, it's like drumming, 
you know, drumming what? with music mm -hmm. is keeping a beat. Mm -hmm. Yes, so yes. Let's say this is an LA stand-up beat. Yeah. Right. Here's a San Francisco <laughs> beat. Ding ding ding. It's an MOP song. It's, it's, it's Annie up. It is straight Annie up MOP. No, it's true, okay. man. It's hard. It's almost too hard for me. I'm a sweet dude. I like, I like. But dude, you survived. I remember meeting you in 2003 uh, at the Boston when Barry, you were with Barry at the time. And you and were Barry, so cool to me, Mo. You were so uh, cool. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate Such that. Such a nice supporter, not a sleazy scumbag. Just a good dude. Oh, I, I, I like to think that. I'm scumbag behind closed doors. Though. I think yeah, but everybody, everybody's got a little scumbag, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but but no, as Rob, bookers I thought, go and dudes I, that ran the shit, like you were running the shit. You were just straight up like this dude's funny, this guy, you know, you were just straight up. I appreciate that, man. I was I mean, but when you came in, I thought you fit in, man. Like your style was just different. You were observationalist, you know, you like you I like I like I just like the way you delivered your jokes. It was so different from the typical New York stand up, but that's why you you just came in and you just hit right away. It was just like a boom, you know? And Barry was always like, hey, this guy, this guy, you got you got to put this guy. And it was always guaranteed, man. You always delivered in that oh, way, oh. you know? Thank yeah. you, Mo. That meant the world to me. And I, yeah. yeah, I love stand-up and I always dream. I mean, this is the dream life and not that I'm the most successful thing in the world, but it's just like, you know, I could easily, like we moved from DC when I was, in the third grade. So I was only in downtown Northeast DC till I was like 11. But here's the kicker, like my dad lost a job. We moved down south, four hours down south to a town called Buena Vista, Virginia. Do you know where Buena Vista, Virginia is? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I'm talking hardcore rednecks. You don't even know rednecks like I grew up with. Okay? Punch you in the face for reading a book type of rednecks. <laughs> Nobody's dad went to college. Everybody played football. They all fought. They all chewed tobacco. They all said the N-word. It was the roughest shit what? ever, man. It was wow. the complete opposite. And I was a fish out of water there, too. Like, I've yeah. always... I've always, as all of us stand-ups, I've always been the oddball and, you know, just always yeah. been, but it's been a cool life and it was a different vibe. And I do, in the South does have a terrible history of racism and slavery, which is awful. But yeah. there is like a cool laid back vibe too. Like it's, there is something sweet about it too. They're good people. There's good people everywhere. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't label that shit saying all New Yorkers suck, all people from Philly from suck. You can't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, know, I know rednecks that are probably some of the most racist hanging out with the KKK guys, but then they have only black friends in New York. So it's very, very, <laughs> very strange. I know this is my best friend, but like you just, we just left the KKK barbecue. Like, what are you talking about? And it's, it's the strangest thing. You know, I, I, was, I was actually telling Heather, it's like every, I'm, I'm mixed race and I never fit in anywhere. My, uh, so I, I've been around absolutely everybody, but it's like, every every white person I've ever met has liked every black person they've ever met. They just don't like those other black people, the ones they've never <laughs> met. It it's always seems very strange because they're always like, well, no, my friends are like me, but those other black people, like, no, every, what if every 
everybody is like the people that are like you. That, but nobody seems to think of this. But I, I can already tell, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I feel the same way with going to different cities, but I felt the reverse about DC. I felt DC had a lot more educated people as a New, yeah. as a New yeah. Yorker. I, I, felt I agree with that. He had so many bridge and tunnel, you know, Jersey, Long Island that come in and they talk, you know, and, and they're screaming at you. And that's the reason you have to fight in yeah, New York right, is because yeah. it's our bridge and tunnel crowd that will just start screaming random things. I mean, that's the reason why the New York Post looks like the New York Post does. <laughs> it's like a ridiculous <laughs> photo and a giant, like it has to be have like the type, most newspaper titles are like this, the post is like this big, it's, you know, it's always like, shut up! And it's always like, you're <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened now? And those, because those are the people that read this. It's a very strange place, but I think I grew up. But it's a I cool, left. I mean, I hate to hate on New York because I love it here. I got married here. My wife's from the South Bronx. Yeah, my wife is as New York as it gets, and she's a Jersey girl, but her mom is from the South Bronx, and the dad was from, from Brooklyn. And, Do they you know, protect they, you? Do they protect you? Uh, I don't know if they protect. I don't think they protect. <laughs> they just do their thing. I'm going to tell you something. Growing up in D.C., when I moved to New York, I was not scared at all. Yeah, I'm not scared like, of New York. Because yeah, D.C. was like, I'm telling you, was hardcore in the sense that when I, like, people were saying, oh, you, you, you should be scared to move to New York. I'm like, no, I'm scared. I'm happy to get out of D.C. right yeah. now because it was just, it was a hardcore place at that time in the 90s. It yeah, was. You know? Yeah. It was. And there's not a big art scene. There's a little no. art scene. So yeah. if you're kind of a creative type or you got, yeah. I want to do music or I want to do some comedy or I'm into painting, it stops at a certain level. Yes. Yes. And then it's everybody's getting jobs or it's like everybody's yeah. fighting and, and it's in a lot of booze. Like drinking, I was drinking <laughs> in bars when I was 15. <laughs> like it was a, it was 18 years old. I, I had, had 40 ounces. Right. <laughs> 40 ounces. Nobody carded you. <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel that it's true about the drinking. Every time I go down to DC, it was like, okay, another night. This, this is a night in DC. <laughs> Everyone's going to go out. They're going to go do comedy. They're going to go out and drink. Then everyone's yep. going to get into a fight, insult each yep. other. No one's talking to each other. Everyone goes home. The next morning, they gossip about who they all beat up on. And then they go back right to it the next day. So it's, it's like- the, You missed like, the steak and egg. Mo, you know you got to hit the steak and egg. First, you get into the fight. Then you hit the steak and egg. Then you make out with the weird girl in the parking lot. <laughs> And then your friends are like, what are you doing? You get in the let's get out of here. It's four in the morning. And then you get home. And then you wake up in your mom's house, hungover, throwing up. And she's going to Sunday school. Oh, man. Did you, you, you mentioned painting. Do you paint? Are you into fine art at all as well? or? I mean, I was never, I would never, I didn't go to art college. Or I wasn't in that clique of the arty kids. I wasn't with those. I knew those guys. But yeah, I do love drawing. And I love hip hop. I break dance. I love graffiti. I love I bubble remember letters. That. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, so I, I loved music and art and comedy. Those that was I didn't I wasn't into sports. I liked Rolling Stone magazine. I liked Source magazine. I was always I liked hip hop music. I like go go music. I like funk what? music. You like what? Go go. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Go-Go! <laughs> Sorry. How about Go-Go music? For, for, for those my system, I can't help it. For those who don't know, so in D.C., for our audience, 
in D.C., there's a music just for D.C. It's called Go-Go Music. Mm-hmm. Only in D.C. does this play, and it, it, it has its own following. It's amazing that, amazing. I mean, it's, they try to play it all over the world, but it just always stays in D.C. It's yeah. amazing. It's and, all uh, percussion. Yeah, yep. yeah it all, it's all percussion. And it's all percussion. Yeah. <laughs> Three in the morning at the steakhouse, at the steak yeah. and egg. It's a culture in itself. It like it is only DC would know. Like if you grew up in DC, only you would know this. Like it's a beautiful else. music. It's a beautiful it is. music. It, yeah, it is. It's about dancing because the jams will go on for twenty three, <laughs> you know, thirty minutes. One I song, know. <laughs> one <laughs> groove. One it's song all about is just... twenty five minutes. One five song minutes. is actually twenty five years, but they only uh, you can only gather <laughs> sections of it. It's real stuff. There's only like three go-go songs. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Rob, how is it working? I mean, how's it been working um, on the last OG, man? Because I I love that show. What's what's that? I mean, what's that experience like with Tracy Morgan and you know even working with Mark? I mean, with the whole cast. What's I mean, you know, just from that jump, man. Yeah, 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 that was a weird turn. You know, I've been doing stand-up since 99, 20 years now. And I knew Tracy, Tracy liked me right when I got to town in New York. And he was right before he got 30 Rock. And then when he got 30 Rock, he just blew, he got even bigger. Like I just didn't see him. But we had a cool relationship right before then. And then he got in that accident and I hadn't seen him. And uh, I was always good friends with Mark Theobald. Like Mark Theobald is the head writer, or not, he's like one of the top writers. He's written on all three seasons and he also tours with Tracy Morgan. And he started with Mo and I at the Boston Comedy Club and he's a great comedian, great dude. And I've always gone to Mark for career advice, life advice. We're kind of like the same age. We got married at the same time. We had kids at the same time. We've been doing stand up at the same time. But Mark always had his shit together. Like Mark really is on point. Like one of, yeah, one yeah. of the more sharper, <laughs> Yeah, he and is. he's positive. As a New Yorker, yeah. he's, a, he's like from Brooklyn, Brooklyn. And the dude is always smiling, always happy. But Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn, yeah, Brooklyn. He's from, from mean Brooklyn. He's from dudes where they don't smile, all right? And all Mark does Brooklyn. is smile. I know because every time I'd see Mark I was always like there's something strange about him (laughs) I can't get a read he's always like happy and polite what kind of comedian (laughs) I know happy yeah (laughs) yeah but he always kills and it's always kind of not hacky and he's not ego based and he's just like He's just like one of those dudes I look up to, like, hey, if I want to be a good father or I want to be a good man, I just, I just think he's got a good thing going. So, you know, there's certain cats I look like, oh, I want to try to handle my shit like that. Right, mm-hmm. right. So yeah. uh, Mark invited me to the set and I hadn't seen Tracy in three years. And I was like, I don't know what this motherfucker's going to say, you know, and uh, <laughs> Tracy was standing there and he goes, yo, bro, come here. And just gives me like, oh. And then he's like, Yo, Juan, hang out, hang out today, hang out. So I put the headphones, and I love, I love filmmaking, and I, you know, entertainment business. I want to direct, I want to produce, uh, and how to do that is just hanging, is is watching and watching the real mm-hmm. people do it. And so that's what I did was just hang out on set, hang out with Tracy, and then a couple weeks down the line, I would stop by because they were filming near me, 
and uh, and I was asking for auditions, but not too hard, just like little now and then. And then one time, Trace was like, "Yo, Wool, uh, I'm doing Levity Live. Why don't you come up with me?" And I was like, "I got that's I got a good Tracy, man. <laughs> I don't know about. No, I just know that you're wrong." Uh, but uh, he goes, he goes, why don't you come up to Levity Live? And I was like, I got spots. He goes, how many you got? I got three spots. They pay 75 a piece, Tracy. I can't go. He goes, fuck that. I'll give you $300 just to hang out with me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't, I was like, you're all, yeah, that's what we're doing. We are doing that. And I canceled like comic strip. I canceled like three spots and just went up and just hung. He didn't even put me on stage that night. I think he wanted me to write for him. He was trying to put together a, Mark was already writing for him. And Tracy has a, his own voice and he's already naturally funny. Like he doesn't really need yeah. anybody to write. He just needs somebody to bounce shit off of. Cause yeah. he's always going. He's just mm -hmm. whatever, you know that Tracy Morgan thing? That's yeah. the thing. Right. And it's always right. going 24 seven. So he's trying to figure out what of that works on stage. And that's what right. Mark's trying to do. And so I was kind of helping out with that. And then he was like, yo, let's go out to California. And I jumped on a private jet out of nowhere. Like I had zero <laughs> money in my pocket. <laughs> and I wasn't sure where it was going to go. And all of a sudden, I was on a jet with Tracy Morgan and Mark Leobold <laughs> pumping Bismarck Key on a boombox <laughs> on a multi-million dollar jet flying to California. And we land, and I was just supposed to write, and it's a, it, it, it was a cool. big casino in Northern California, and it was like 2,000 people. And he was like, yo, Rob, you want to go do 10 minutes? And I said, all right. And I went up and just did a spot, and I did well. And they just kind of kept the relationship going from there. And then I actually got to audition, and I knew a couple people. So they got me in there the final episode of The Last OG. But it was, a, it was awesome. Oh, so that's wow. great. That, so question. So when you're with um, acting and things like that, and then the pandemic, and then the pandemic came right after you guys finished that, right? So, yeah. So, well, it's good because everyone's now home getting a chance to watch The Last OG more than they would be on the regular basis. Yeah, I'm it's, really was, grateful to get it in before the thing happened. I haven't <laughs> had a good, I you know, I show this, I haven't had a good dip. I haven't had that, you know, I haven't had <laughs> But you know what I mean when I'm talking about show business. I haven't had a show business bump in a minute. So that was, that was like, I was like, thank God I got that bump. We're going to get this career going again. Let's do it. And then the pandemic dropped. <laughs> no, but it was great to get it in before the pandemic. And as bad as the pandemic has been, uh, there's a lot of things I like about it. <laughs> I like, uh, I've been just going out every night since I was 25 and I'm almost, I'm 48 now. And I just been scrapping and going out like, and I've had mm -hmm. five months not to do any of that. And I love yeah. stand up. It's still there. You know, it's like, I still know I got it in me because yeah. I've been doing it for so long. Like I earned the leather jacket, the jacket's old and leather, but I know how <laughs> yeah. to, I can dust it. When this you still know over, how to I'll wear dust, it, right? Yeah, I still know how to wear it, I'll dust it yeah. off. And, and you know, I think I was getting beat up. The streets were, you know, just pounding the pavement, um, going out night after night. And I got a nine-year-old kid and just like, it was beating me up. So it's kind of nice to it, it refresh, it, I feel refreshed. So to, Rob, get, uh, I haven't really spoken much, I'm sorry. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. 
Come so in, were you, come on were in, you, Michael. Were you touring a lot before? Like, were you on the road? Or are you mostly in New York? Or what were you mostly, doing? Yeah, mostly uh, in New York. I've been here. So I headline myself. Uh, some B rooms, some A rooms in DC. I do like the Arlington Draft House. I was the first guy to ever like op- like ever headline that joint. But uh, but then I was opening for Tracy for a year and a half. I got to do the Beacon with them. Sold out. Oh, nice! Wow. Yeah, that was amazing. Awesome. That was one of the best gigs. And I love like the Beacon Theater. Like I, the Almond Beacon Brothers, Theater is strange, right? It's a different. It's not big, but it's big. You know, it's like it's, yeah, it's yeah. a. It's a yeah, it's a special room. It's a nightmare. I have a bad story, but go on with these. <laughs> you know what? Can, can I make a side note that I've been wanting to tell you, Rob, since we're on this call? Yeah. I don't know if you can see my hair. We have the same hair. I'm not kidding. <laughs> if I was in the same humidity as you, yeah, with no AC, I have AC. I would have your hair <laughs> you said because I'm that's crazy. exactly what my hair does. So I'm just—that's how I know how humid it is where you are. Oh, yeah. My like, hair <laughs> says all it has to. Oh. This because is actually Mike, you know you're very revealing. Look, moment. I have the same hair. Moment. We have the same hair. Yeah. I mean, I don't know you got that brother gene, right, Mike? You know you got that <laughs> yeah, brother exactly. gene, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not saying your hair does this necessarily, but I guarantee you, if I was beside you right now, people would be like, "These guys are related," because we'd have the same <laughs> look. Yeah. So anyway. Just wanted to point that out and tell you if we can figure out a way to get you an air conditioner, I'm in. Anyway, <laughs> there's any way to get you an air conditioner. Hey, it's bro, I got nuts. extra air conditioners, bro. No, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. We had wall units and they were leaking, and I always got to take the thing out, and it hurts my knees, and I always think I'm going to break my ankle, and it kills okay, the floor. Right. It cuts me up. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm just going, I'm just, You're owning it. I'm just going to soak it up. I'm, You're I'm a owning super it. positive guy because that would never be my attitude. I know. Never, yeah. never. Like I, never in that heat would I be like, you know what? What? I mean, I, I don't care if it wrecks the floors. I guess I got to be in, <laughs> I can't I have that. Cause that's amazing. But AC, I get sick a lot and there's germs and I just that, don't think it's- That's a good point. You know, yeah. my mother, even now my mom is 77. She has air conditioners in the house, but she refuses to use them. She That's uses her fan. She says she doesn't want to be, it would destroy her or something, her immune system by being under the air all the time. And I'm like, mom, mm. it's hot in Memphis, but she refuses. She's, like, she's in I'm Memphis. She's in yeah. Memphis. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. She's Ooh. like, I have to use my, I have to use my fan. Yeah. Her, her skin she's must like, look amazing. I'm oh, yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm it in does. There. I like the sweat. It, it sweats all the toxins out. I kind of like the fall. You're really making <laughs> You are. And I do have a ceiling team. fan. A, I'm big into ceiling fans. So I got a ceiling well, fan. Well, did, so your kid fan. deals with this too? Your I was about to say that. Nine year old, is he have yeah, serious? Nine year old is doing it. Yeah, nine year old <laughs> is uh, doing it. We got, we got a fan on her, and she has two windows, and it's cool in there, and she's getting used to it. If she complains, do you say, like, you know, look at how great my skier skin is, and you know, you're gonna see. Like, does she ever? Does she not go like? Can we, I, I do swear. hype it up. I'm like, oh I'm man, I slept great last night. Don't I you know, you gotta sell it. You're gonna sell I it sell it. I get, a, I get the, I get the bowl of ice cubes. I'm like, oh, this is how I grew up. This is <laughs> real you summer. So lucky. You're so lucky. You, oh, you, you want to feel summer? You gotta get I some remember, ice cubes. I don't know if you guys can relate, but uh, I remember waking up in extreme humidity as a kid, and the pillowcases come off the pillow, and it's like stuck on my face. 
and it's so humid. And I'm like, really, you're, you're not having that. I mean, you guys are, anyway, I guess your daughter's like, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Look, he's loving it. My dad's loving it. He's <laughs> loving it. Covering, himself, it covering his balls in ice. And well, he's just you know, I, owning it. Owning it. Yeah, we, that's the gig, man. Just digging it. I used to break my mom's balls about that air conditioner, man. Me too. Especially in my 20s, it. I was the same way. I was like, I think it's just my, the old man in me is like, my blood's running better now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm getting at the age where I'm just making up health shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Ah, just keeps my blood moving. <laughs> I know, oh, I'm, just so funny, man. I'm just cheap. I'm just cheap. No, 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 dude. I, 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 to me, it's total admiration. It's not cheap. And it's I like... do think it makes you sick. I, I don't have time for, I, I haven't gotten the virus, but even before this, I was taking all kinds of vitamins. Like, uh, I had a friend actually in, in San Francisco, one of my close friends, like my right hand dude, died at 26 from the flu. And he had no oh, air conditioning. Oh my God. Yeah, he oh, lived in no. Oakland, California, Dan Crawford. And I love this guy, the sweetest guy ever. And I, and I went on a, out on a show and everybody loved him in the comedy community. And he got the flu and he couldn't shake it. And he went to wow. the emergency room and he didn't have health insurance and they sent him home and he had a seizure and it got uh -huh. in his ear and he died. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, so that I've always been like, Dude, I'm not messing trying to catch colds. Like I'm not trying right. to get I'm taking vitamin C, I'm working out, emergency two times a day. Emergency. No, no, I'm with you, man. I'm with all you. All the time. Happens, bro. No, yeah. definitely more yeah, yeah. It's definitely more flexible with like when you're all that, you know, the heat like coming out of a sauna, you can stretch better. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, this is a man upsides. man conversation. Man conversation. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Because if you don't have segment? Yeah, because if you yeah, don't have if you don't have the right hair, okay. You, it, it, you are messed up. Now my hair, sure. it, like everyone's like, oh, you got these cute, these curls. I just, it's, it just becomes a giant wall of a bush that happens <laughs> to my head. It, it is completely uncontrollable. I lose brushes. I lose- Well, Maya, you do have that, that I, I blackness in you. Yeah, you know I, that, right? <laughs> I definitely can't keep a boyfriend with my hair standing up on top of my head with pores wide open, sweating, makeup pouring off the side of your face. And then, and then clothes, and then men can stink. Women can't stink when you yeah. know men. Men are like, oh, we can like stink. <laughs> but it becomes it's cool men. to stink. It becomes yeah, it's cool. It's cool to I'm, stink. I'm really when I reek, I know it's cool. That means you work hard. When you reek, that means you work hard. Yeah, yeah. I've had people on a plane. I lied to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as, as a woman, you have to look cool. You have to, you always have to, you, you know, know, a sweaty woman, that doesn't come Hey, off. baby. No. Hey, baby. If your woman sweats, if a woman sweats more than you, do you find her attractive? If she's sweating more than like, if she's sweating, you know, makeup dripping down the side, mascara running down. It her depends face, what you're doing, right? If you're just where you sweating? My, it depends on where you're sweating. Right. Why are you sweating? If you're why, why are you sweating? sweating? There you go. <laughs> Yeah, no, like listen, this, I'm rubbing his chin. If, if you just ran, if you ran, if you randomly run into her on a street corner and she looks like, then she's sweating. You don't know. Yeah, it's not. I'm worried about. No, it. no, yeah. I think girls look good sweating. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you a story. This is a true story. Uh, it's the first time I ever took ecstasy in 1997. <laughs> wow, Guess where it was? Guess where it was? That's where it was, 1997. A rave concert? Well, like a rave concert. Jamiroquai concert. Oh, Jamiroquai oh, concert. Oh, Jamiroquai, wow. Jamiroquai, wow. Yeah, 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 I love the dancing. The Patriots. 
know what happened to him. <laughs> kind of looked like I had this other dude that was kind of smooth, and, we, and he was a little bit older. We, we got some ecstasy. We had some girls. We were dancing. We were going out that night. And it was the first time we did it, and we were just dancing, going nuts, and we're funking and funking. And this is, I swear to God, there was two international girls from Germany in front of us dancing, and they didn't wear deodorant, right? And it was a funk. <laughs> I never smelled, right? It was a funk. I never smelled. And everybody's going, future made out. And I'm like, yeah, virtual reality. My friend's like, man, these girls, uh, these girls are from Germany, they were speaking German, they're smelling funky. And I was like, and we were both like, yeah, they smell good. <laughs> okay, now off drugs. When you're, on drugs. When you're not off drugs, off drugs, then what is your, you know? I don't know, but at a Jamiroquai and some funky Euro sweat hits you, it smells good. And when you're, when you're, when you're, you're on E. Yeah. When you're okay. on E, Germans can smell good at Jamiroquai oh concerts. Yes. That's a good t-shirt. That's a good t-shirt. When you're oh. on E at a Jamaican That's when you know concert. you're old is when you call it E. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What right. else are you Ecstasy. supposed to call it? Ecstasy. Oh, it's all Molly now, man. Uh, Molly, Molly. Molly. Sorry, Molly, dude, sorry. Molly, Molly. ASAP Rocky all day long. I know, it's embarrassing. I'm so Did you ever feel... take mushrooms, anyone? Mushrooms? Hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mushrooms have... are wonderful. I haven't in a long time. I need to. Yeah, <laughs> mushrooms are really great. Mushrooms are amazing. Mushrooms are I, you have to be around good people, wouldn't you say, yes. when you take yes, those you kind do. of things? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. If you're around good people, it makes you, I mean, it makes me like every, love everybody. Like, it yeah. just makes you, I, I don't know. I think, Bob, I think you'd be amazing to hang out love with. Love everybody? <laughs> everybody. Right, but you do have to be, in, I think it's best in a natural situation. Oh, and it's a safe situation around friends because I must, yeah, Mo, one time in college, I took some mushrooms with some random dudes that I didn't know. Oh, and yeah. the minute I took the vibe, I just, the vibes just didn't work. No. I was just stuck with these dudes that I didn't know and their energy just out. I felt like an asshole. No, that's and they felt that's like not a, a good idea. Yeah, yeah, that's it, it, guaranteed back. Yeah, I didn't guaranteed. take them for a long time after that. No, no, what that's not good. That's yeah, that's just like glibby globby glooby nibby nobby newbie <laughs> la 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 la. But it has to include deodorant and soap. Yeah, yeah. You, know? yeah, you, you want to be yes. on, on mushrooms. You want to be clean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, but uh, no, no mushrooms. Yeah. funk. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I like that's a good crazy. wet. I need a, a mm -hmm. scratch and sniff app so that you can get the full effect. You know, mm. fungus and funk share share. That's fair. Hey. <laughs> That's a t-shirt too. That's a good t-shirt. Who knows a techie dude? Get it together. <laughs> hey, you know, all right, so guys, this is what I do now. I, in the middle of the show, I always want to have a quote. I'm going to add a quote of the day. So a quote I took from a, a great guy and I, let's see who knows this quote, but I want to, I want everyone to explain what they think of this quote, but he says, let's get into some good trouble. Oh, that was mm. I watched the news. Ah, <laughs> of course. So what would you think of when he, what do you think he meant and what would you think of when you think of let's get into some good trouble? You get in, go ahead, Maya. I have two. I, oh, I, yeah. I, when I heard John Lewis saying yesterday when they played his uh, audio of let's get into some good trouble, First, I flashed to Tony Woods, because I, I know Tony Woods would always say, let's get into some good trouble. And that trouble never ended up really good. <laughs> 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 I 
been a little different type of trouble. But yeah, okay. So, what, but that's all I had. That that was my point on, on getting some good trouble. <laughs> Let's that, that reminded me of trouble. DC. That was a very DC. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's good trouble. Great, I What's, think uh, it's about rebellion, man. It's like um, I read a book a long time ago, and I think it, it, it it's something I try to keep close to my heart. Is uh, there's good rebellion, and then there's bad rebellion. Rebellion. You know, you could rebel, you should rebel towards good. It's just a peaceful, I, I don't know, I'm just all about peace and love. And I think people like Martin Luther King, uh, even Jesus, uh, Gandhi, John, just people going against the, the, it's just not name calling, but just mix it up. I don't know. I, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. In a different act, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. Just go, so, go against mm -hmm. the grain, just go completely against the grain and, and, Flip them out, flip them out, man. Sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like be fearless to do what's right, you know, and so yeah. you don't just mm -hmm. be a sheep. I think it's about like not being a sheep, right? It's not just, you know, keep your head down and take care of yourself. It's like, don't be afraid, like go mix it up. Go go make mm -hmm. trouble, but do it for the right reason. You know? it's not, yes. Yes. Like I, it's not yeah. smash pumpkins at Halloween, which is something that I would do when I'm 13. <laughs> yeah. That is not- yeah, I'm not into anarchy <laughs> or any of that. Like I'm no, just- no. Like, yeah, 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 but we got to change it up, man. We got to go. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. I think it has to do with question marks, you know? Get into some good trouble reminds me of question marks because, like, question marks are there for a reason, and they basically mean that somebody doesn't know the answer. So you know you're in some good trouble if you're asking a question, basically. And it'll be annoying because you're asking a question. A question mark is a piece of punctuation, and it's there to make sure that there's stuff that we know that we don't know. But if you ask questions, you're into some good trouble because somebody decided that it was mm -hmm. a question instead of like a common sense, like clear mutual understanding. So if you're in a question, right. mark, you're, you're in some good trouble. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah ask questions, great. ask yeah. questions for sure. And it's hard to do that sometimes. Because <laughs> nobody has the real answer. Like we're all going through it. Like nobody has the ultimate answer. Yeah. And everybody's no. trying to be like, I know the answer. People in control think, are trying to make you believe they have all the answers. And they well, don't the, know what the hell they're they doing. They don't know. And they don't you know. Notice, and everything now, if you notice, is becoming more and more uh, black and white or dualistic, meaning right or wrong, red or blue, or maybe right. even black or white. It's always like right. there's no nuance to anything. There's no discussion. It's like all Twitter shit. It's all like, you know, six words or what headline or clickbait or, you know, yes. you take something out of context and you can scroll with. So it's, it's hard. Though, I think it's harder now to make good trouble. Is that what it is? Good trouble? Good trouble, yeah. right? Yes. Because how do you, unless you you have to be so, you have to go so far to one side or the other and you can't, or, but maybe that's the art now. Maybe it's like, we're going to get in trouble because we're going to be willing to be misunderstood by a lot of people because mm -hmm. that's the truth. I feel like, well, you I know. think, go oh, ahead. Go ahead I was about to just throw it to you anyway, because I was like, oh. when I hear good Let's um, make some, have some good trouble. I was like, again, that's been my life. I have like, and, and Heather's life has been a lifetime of good trouble that really mm -hmm. is exhausting. It's exhausting. It becomes, <sighs> so Heather, mm -hmm. what do you have to say about, cause we've done a lot of good trouble. Probably. I don't think it's exhausting. I just think it's, uh, it, I mean, it can be exhausting, but, but it's, I think nothing ever changed without good trouble. Like no change ever comes unless mm -hmm. there's trouble, but I think trouble is relative to the people that are having to change. So I think it's called trouble when people have to be made uncomfortable and people mm -hmm. have to be made uncomfortable 
in order for things to change. Mm. So um, just there has to be, there's going to be people that have to be uncomfortable. And then those yes. people look at it as trouble. And the rest of us look at it as good trouble. Yes. Because it's, mm. it's, it's uprooting everything and, and causing things to change. And, and that's, you know, and yeah, so that's I always, good trouble. I always and, like that quote. I love that quote. I mean, Pam, yeah. he said it. Pam, Pam was gonna, what, what were you going to say, Pam? Pam had some thoughts. She's always got something profound brewing in her No, body. stop it. Don't put the microscope on me. No, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing, though. When you have to get into good trouble, you know what the act you're going to perform is going to cause a lot of trouble, but it's for the better good. Right. It's for the good, so you're going to do it regardless mm -hmm. because you know you want a better outcome. Yes. I think yes. about it's Chappelle no a little bit on that decision. You know, I just think about Chappelle leaving the show and making that bigger decision to make mm -hmm. a bigger artistic move down the line, you know, so yes. he wasn't aligned with the mainstream and he saw it going that route that he was going to be the head of all the mainstream and it just wasn't his voice. His voice is rebellion sure. and education and rising above. It's just like negative shit just moves faster, you know, mm -hmm. negative mm -hmm. shit moves, but good stuff sticks. You know, yeah, the good, yeah. it, it just takes longer and it sucks and it's patience. Yeah, yeah that's a very, uh, I like that as a, that's yeah. a very, it's so true, man. Because yeah, you hear all these true. negative people just firing off bah, 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 and Trump doing the same. And it's like, they're not saying shit, man. They're just, yeah. it's just negative lightning bolts that just, you know, make a lot of noise, but don't do anything, you know? I mean, yeah. it, can, it can pile up like a garbage dump. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you're right. It's about stuff coming at you and it's like, piles up and gets bigger and the internet's like yeah because the way the algorithms work because i had to learn this for my work like you know the algorithms work by whatever people are drawn to right so if you say some horrible shit online and even if it gets everybody all angry it the algorithm's like oh everybody likes this yeah. everybody wants this so it pushes it right to the top of like everyone's homepage. and yeah 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 look at mm -hmm. this look at that and it just gets mm -hmm. us all fired up and then all the good stuff doesn't because it's just not super like uh it's not as uh what's the word like um you know sexy it's adrenaline yeah i think people are so well yeah it's adrenaline. it's that thing where it's just like you know whatever it get anything, you heated yeah yeah it's whatever you would say like mm. anything, yeah. like like low rent newspapers would used to do in the day like this goes back for a long time but it's like things that are sort of per, you know i forget the word but yes it's like so I do think the good still is there. It is it's interesting way to look at it that it's more like slowly like a boat, like moving in, but it's like solid, but it just it takes long. Yeah, it just takes, it's gonna be there. And then when it sets, it's gonna be a strong base. You know, yeah, when, yeah. You, when you do it, when you build a house and do it brick by brick, when you start, you dig out the basement. If you're like, oh, let's put it up this quick piece of shit. And then the storm comes through and just what, you know, it's just like. Mm -hmm, As if you yeah. live long enough for the walls to be built. I know yeah. that's the thing. You got to live long enough. That's where the health, walls I, to go I, up. I do. Yeah, you got to take your vitamin C and work out and all that shit. <laughs> we practice the power of ignore. Like if you think about what I said about like the algorithms and we like gravitate towards what's sexy, which can be disgusting, but the algorithms like ooh, mm -hmm. I love it. That's the yeah. power of ignore, you know. And la you, you know, ladies, we know the power of ignore. Like if you ignore somebody, they're gonna be all mm -hmm. on you. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Put them down. Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. Like oh, 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 you know the power of ignore. And if we could do that, like <laughs> you know, no, that's power. Yeah, that's the evolution of the ego right now. Like I, oh my god, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like well, now you know what's really interesting. I was talking to someone the other day about like everything that's going on, and not just 
not just in with like Trump and, and all the issues, but just the nature of social media. And especially with younger people, everyone wants to be famous. Like they had a study that was like, they asked someone in the seventies or the eighties, like let's say 20% of the class, their number one job they want to do is be famous, like, which is nothing, right? What does that say? I want to be, not, I want to be famous. <laughs> but they did, they did the same thing. And these are with young kids, right? They're 10, 12. They asked it in like the last 10 years and it was like 80% want to be social media influencers. Like that's what they want to do with their lives. Like they want to be. Wow. Yeah. It's, and, wow. And, and you can't blame them. Right. We're all like, you know, on our phones and look at this and they see people and wow. It's just, you well, know, I so think, we're, it, it's think, the year of the ego. It's the time yeah, of the ego, yeah. man. Isn't think, that just well, wanting to I, be heard, wanting to be understood, basic human concept? Yes. Don't we need scientists? Yeah, but there's also, Don't there's we like need engineers? Go on, Heather. Heather was, Heather was saying No, I'm yeah, saying there's sure. also like they've proven that the for kids especially, the adrenaline rush when you get, yeah. uh, or like the dopamine rush when you get Absolutely. a like or... That and when you're young and you don't understand it and you're just getting the likes and the friend requests and this, that, and the other, and that dopamine rush is the same as um, like a gambler gets. Oh yeah, and, and, and the same. totally. And same with the negative shit. Like you were saying, Rob, like you used to get your ass kicked by people or you'd have to run from a rock. But like, you know what I mean? Like when you're young, you know? But now it's like, you can wake up to like 10 people who crapped on you while you were sleeping. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, online. Yeah. And I can't <laughs> even imagine that. You can't but even go home. You can't go difference. home and get away from the bully, you know? like. Yeah, but it's also you can't you don't have the patience. I think the problem is that everyone's focus is dropping. Like you know, used oh, to yeah. the achievement to be an influencer is gone. So the achievement of being a great writer, a great artist, a great comedian, and then you, in in a way you're vetted to say something. Now anybody who can sign in and spell their email right now has a voice where you used to have to have something that you actually put some focus in and push and quality of work to yeah. actually do that. And now, and now we don't have Good any of point. that. And that's a, that's the most dangerous thing is because you don't have to do anything. I mean, literally you yeah. don't have to do anything. And now the people who really do stuff, if you know, if you're really doing something and you're really focused, you're not going to have the time for social media. So now there's this weird gap Ooh. of these great. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's that true. Unless they're hiring somebody that can really, really focus on it, um, they can't keep up with with um, sitting there and having to be on your phone all day. You can't get anything done. Either you're doing one thing or you're doing the other. Either you're writing or you're or you're um, you know you and you and you know then they judge you. They're not going to take a meeting with you unless you have these social media numbers, but you actually have a good piece of material, but you know, they, they don't really want to take the meeting, read the material because you don't have some crazy number that if you had the number, you would probably couldn't execute anything. So I know, I know. And it feels gross, right? To be like, I gotta be posting. I gotta, like me, look at me. Hello. I mean, it's kind of like you were saying, Felicia, where it's like, yes, it's people wanting to be heard and listened to, but it's like mm -hmm. going about it the absolute wrong way. It's not sitting across from someone who cares about you and wants to talk. It's like this, vo like this, huge abyss of like whatever noise like look at me look at me hear me and i think it's a really terrible place to try and find uh we're in hollywood validity. so we're in hollywood Do you think so. it's just that we're all old and jealous because we can't text with our toes <laughs> maybe a little bit i love tv i was so addicted to tv when i was me young too. you know yeah you know, we, i loved it i loved it so much that's why i want to be in show business you know so it's a it's a little bit like that's their cable tv like it's true it's true and it, it's so true because I, I i i'm the same where i felt like i was raised by a mom on a tv set and it's like so i totally get that but you know 
uh, it's funny, there's this article in LA Times and it was about these kids and they're between 18 and 21, right? Like really young. And they're, they're influencers and they go in there, they're called like fun houses or some stupid name they made up. And what it is, it's like five or six major influencers. They all have a million plus fans and they're all 18 and they move into these Beverly Hill mansions, right? They're like 5,000 square feet swimming pools and they're all like dating each other and fighting. And it's like, you know, whatever. And I, want, I remember being jealous reading it going, God, imagine, because they talk about being creative. And I thought, imagine being like 19 and you're living in a mansion and you're just being creative. So then I went and looked at the stuff that they were posting. And to call it garbage is like unfair to garbage. Now, mind you, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a young guy. I'm not a young guy. Like maybe I don't get it, but it's literally them going ding, bong, ding. Like it's nothing. It's nothing of substance. It's nothing of anything. It's just. It's just them talking or them like doing really bad skits. That Guys, we watched the Kardashians. I mean, we watched the Kardashians, not to criticize, but we, we watched that show. I know. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, who's yeah we? It's, it's hard to talk holier than that. Mo does. When, when I'm in, you know, show All business, right, I, you know. I can't help the outfits, okay? But what I'm saying is that we, we, we pay attention to those things. We, we are mesmerized by that kind of bullshit. I blame, so I, it, think... I blame it all on the writer's strike. That writer's strike that let all those reality shows in, they just ruined the world. Because I blame I it on the real world. Yeah, it's the real, it's that, it's wait that a whole minute. thing wait, of, back wait, then? The yes. Real the real world started yeah. all of reality yes. TV. Yes, yes, and they started. I loved it. Polite. Real just world, real world. I was like, Start. this is yeah. gonna be my life. Oh my God, I wanted to be on the real world. Yeah. And then so it's the real world, and then there was a writer's strike. The first strike. two seasons. Mm -hmm. There was a real world, and there was a writer's strike. And that's when they decided to go with all these cheap reality shows. And, and they one, took over. Everybody went to the cheap reality shows, and, and then you could be working on uh, a, be a great piece of art forever, and nobody cares. And now we have the president is Trump, reality show star. <laughs> Everyone wants to know why we're up here freaking out that we're in this authoritarian police states and it's where the whole world is upside down but that's what happens if you put in Anna Nicole before she passed away if you had given her the presidency where she had ran you know she would have won it's a reality show thing people people just don't think they just kind of you know they kind of get into they want to be they want to be rich so they'll be in in the they want to follow people that look like they're rich they look like people that can be assholes to other people or look like you know so that's where we're stuck in this this Right. This, this is all the country is where it is because of the mm. writer strike. <laughs> all the writer strike. The writer so, okay, Maya, you put down? it on the right out. <laughs> it's the goddamn WGA. Oh, the and that's why Trump's president. So yes. Maya, would you would I do you feel like it's not worth pursuing as much anymore then, or do you still think there's hope? For which the government, for real the presidency, art. the real for art, for real art, because you're like, I mean, I, I don't, I know you don't. Th I mean, I like to think you don't really think that, like, think that you it doesn't have value to really pursue great art, right? I, I think the problem is, is a lot of great artists are caught behind people who are so focused on your your numbers, and they don't want to do the job of getting um, new artists seen. So then you kind of get caught below the perimeter of an agent that is working on his numbers as opposed to working on trying to say, well, let me, let me get you through the door and this is really great and I believe in this. You get, this is really great and I believe in this, but, but your social media following is, mm -hmm. you know, exactly. and do they even stop to read it and do they, and do they care? And so, and we're in a society that's now 
so focused on everybody. So, and, and Felicia said it earlier today, it was the way I started the show, who really cares and who's willing to try to save the world that is destined to die? It's really, we are really sitting wow. in the middle of this. Who really cares? Who cares if somebody's a great artist and can and, and inspire people? Is somebody gonna care enough to put their career on the line to open the door if that person only has 12,000 followers? I mean, you know, it's, it has to I'm willing to, to start, Maya. I think I'm, I'm willing, willing to start. I'll, I'll tell you another 12,000 not enough? Shit. The hottest kid at the <laughs> cellar right before the, uh, the youngest kid at the cellar that just got in that everybody was buzzing about. I don't even know his name, but the industry was into him because he had no social media. Oh, he was killing really? and he had, yeah, see, doesn't that raise your th eyebrow right yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Because everybody's seen through the bullshit. We're going to evolve. A every, everything good is going to eventually happen. You just have to live <laughs> long enough and smile long enough to I see if the shit's going to play out. I but like you know, at some point, everybody's going to get tired. We're going to get punched in the face. We're going to get kicked in the nuts. My teeth is going to fall out. But guess what? I'm going to have a day where I'm looking at the sun, smoking weed, and I'm going <laughs> to... Do some Dude, comedy yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, shit, shit. I mean, we you can live in a negative mindset, but it's like now you can look at it two ways. There, yeah, there is a lot of stuff out there. Mark Theobald and I talk about this all the time. Right now, there's so much mediocrity and bullshit. If you just get something just a little above mediocre, if you do yeah. something, you know what's good. All of you guys yeah. are comics. You know when it hits, when it really hits, and we don't see that anymore. You barely see that. But we know where it is. There's just so much sludge. All you gotta do is just, if you raise above two notches and you hit, it's gonna clang, it's gonna run, it's gonna go. I got a big I question. I got a big question for you guys. Is it apathy or is it cowardice? Cowardice. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> like, are we actually afraid to be funny, afraid to be, you know, do something cutting edge, it's gonna get canned, like my painter pants, if anybody remembers my painter pants that I colored all over and then they were a, a smack, they were a hit because of the algorithm. Everybody liked them and that made me feel good, but they sucked <laughs> because I, you know, colored them with magic marker. I talked about it before. So is mm -hmm. it courage, lessness, like are we cowards? Or is it really like, are we really like worshiping the algorithm or like, is it real apathy? Like, is everybody actually just zombied out? Is, what's up? Anybody well, you know what's funny about that now, too? And first of all, Rob, you are the most positive guy. And I'm, I want your number so I can call you from everything. <laughs> you just nobody, make... That's why I don't book in New York. Nobody understands me. Exactly. Uh, well, I, if I had a club... Because I, I do think existence is beautiful. I believe in breathing. I believe every breath is sacred. I've had a cool life. If I got taken out, I'd say thank you very much. It was a fun fucking ride. That's a good answer. Mm, yeah, that's, that's what I mean, man. We got, he's got, he's Ice got cream is good. I'm, but, I'm following um, you, Rob. I'm following you now. <laughs> but to go Don't to work for me. But I, I, but you know, I go through my bouts too. I wake up yeah. super negative, but meditation has helped a lot. Like yeah. I do believe, especially being a comic, because you work your mind so hard, it goes and goes and goes. And the minute I learned to let, there's a there's a saying called "let the mud settle." That if you step into it and you let all that and let it all settle, let it all settle, and then it's clear, 
you'll see the right way to go. I really just, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's hard I just to don't do think that, we've been yeah. taught that in American that. culture. Yeah, it's that's often, right. That's right. Go yeah, get money. Get, I remember <laughs> being seven years old learning <laughs> that's about true, capitalism. Brother. And I was just so scared. I was like, I got to go out and make money. How do I make money? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what they never taught me in school, how to make money. It's you learned about <laughs> capitalism when you were seven years old? I think it that's was, real. Just, a, I think it was real. just me just looking around being like, how does watching, this all work? Yeah, watching like, commercials, yeah. looking at the Transformer ads and the G.I. Joe ads. Like, okay, I have I want to go out crap. there and do something. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're going to give me money to do. How do I do that? I like to uh, play with my Legos. and. <laughs> no, I'm with, I'm with you on that, Rob. I'm with you on that. I've been thinking it was, about capitalism. It was capitalism scary. Since it was, yeah. I remember being really scared and thinking about it, being like, this is a weird fucking setup, man. Yeah, it is weird. And you know what's funny, man? Like, you get, I, um, you know, even if you get the money, now I'm not talking millions, but if you're like, ah, okay, I did what I'm supposed to do, it's so unsatisfying. It's so unsatisfying. If you, you know, if you get the house and you get the car, I'm not talking about a mansion in Malibu overlooking a cliff and a Ferrari. I just mean like, you know, you got a decent car, you got a house, but you're doing something you don't like, but you're yeah, doing what you're supposed it. to do. And Mike, you, get you to were to specific on that though. You said a uh, Ferrari overlooking Malibu. Well, that's my life. And that's, <laughs> <you're> fucking, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> What I have is amazing. <laughs> so that's different. But if you're doing the, what you for, love and you have the house the and the Ferrari other, in Malibu. Yeah, no, I, I'm the That'd be very satisfying. I'm very good. <laughs> no, you. no, one day is better than the other. No, no. But I yeah. did want to say that I, I thought Felicia brought up a good question, which is like, are we being cowards or not? And I find what's happening a lot is like, you'll have an unknown comedian. And if you ever go to open mics, which I've been doing, don't ask me, it's a long story, but uh, they'll say the most horrific politically correct shit and no one cares they think they're being brave now i'm not saying that's good they're not saying anything wow important or powerful but what i'm realizing is you'll say stuff and then once you get success the people come out and dig through your past so it's like as we all know right so like yeah. if you're not if you're not of stature yeah say whatever you want do whatever you want in the moment but when you get any when you do get in that career move like that's what's so scary now is that stuff can come back to haunt you and because maybe times have changed, maybe it was okay to say something then that's not now, or it doesn't even matter what it is. Like you just don't know. So it's like, you know, it's it's hard to even know. Like, it's just a, it's such a difficult thing to be like, I want to be brave for the moment, but we just judge the moment. It's a moving it's a moving target. Does that make sense? Like, you know, there's certain sensibilities that are like of of right and wrong, but then like the the target moves for like, you know, what was right, what wasn't right. I'm, I don't know if I'm making sense. It's just a very- no, like, just, Yeah, you're saying like it's binary. One, you talked about the binary, it's this or that. Exactly, binary. And then yeah. on top of being binary, it's fickle. Like how can you be binary and fickle? Like what is yeah. that? Yeah. What yeah, is that? I mean, that? it's, it's, it's really hard. Like, and, and to be so quickly misunderstood. Like you're like, I'm gonna do the right thing and I'm gonna say it. And they take the first half of your sentence where you kind of say, the, like the bad part, this is what's happening. And then you just, they just cut that and go, look what they think. And you're like, no, it's just, you have to be brave. You know, there, there's a huge, I don't give a shit part that you have to embrace, I guess. It's just really hard, mm -hmm. you know? Right. But uh, I, I feel, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm running at the mouth. No, uh, listening. I love you guys, I love you guys, I'm sorry. Love you too. No, no please, brother. Thank this, you, this is, Love you too. 
This is what we this is about. You, we love you, Max. Mike's oh, terrified he's going to become famous. Love you, love you, don't, guys. Love you, Maya. Don't. Love you, Rob. Love you, Masavia. <laughs> All I ask is you make don't sure I don't get famous. Yeah, let me crash okay. in Malibu when I come to I LA. Dude, you are more than welcome to my palace. You know, you can stay <laughs> in the guest house. That's all I need. All I need is a guest house. I'm good. Done, man. Done. Well, do some shrooms. We have to start digging through Mike's past now. Exactly. I have a whatever dirt he's afraid of that he's got. I've got. I haven't been big on social media, so like I'm totally. I've done. Well, Mike, it goes to what we were talking about one time, where you say, you know, people always say, "Well, this is what I'm going to do when I get all this money." I'm going to mm -hmm. have so much more fun when I have this money. But actually, you can have fun right now without yes. the money. <laughs> so well, the, the, but you just got to get out of the danger zone. The stress yeah. zone is just sucks, man. Yeah. Being broke yeah. sucks. It just it, hurts. Yeah. It's mentally it draining, and it makes you negative, and you get the fear. It's all about the yes. fear. And yeah. So true. So true. Everything's the fear. And... And I've had to go up and down and figure the fear out and look at it. It, it took me down, but then I come back and go, oh, it's just fear. You know, it is, I don't know. You just have to, uh, yeah, like go, it's all fear, you know? And once mm -hmm. you let go of the fear, you know, something bad might happen, but it might happen anyway. <laughs> hey, Rob, I think you're, too, you're, there's, oh, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just say, I think too, like when I moved to New York, you know, I was 20 and I moved to New York, there's this, like when you're young, there's this whole glorification of being the starving, struggling artist. And somehow if you're not the starving, struggling artist, you're a sellout and you suck. <laughs> so then you hold on to this starving, yeah. struggling thing and then block yourself from, you know, I think sometimes getting above that. And there's nothing wrong with being a great artist and making money and getting paid to do it. <laughs> like no. that's quite all no. right. But it's like getting past that mental thing of, you're being a sellout if you're suddenly getting paid totally. to do what you love as opposed to starving. And and what, what, yeah. what Mo and I were talking about, which relates to that is like, even making it or whatever you want to call it, that doesn't exist. Like me and Mo, like Mo and I were saying when he was referring to that conversation, it's like, well, how much money is enough money? Like you get success, but then you get used to that. Like the goalpost keeps moving. So like, if I could just get into this club, well, you got into that club. Okay, well now I'm in that club, but that's not a big deal. Now I got to get a show. And it's like, okay, you got the show. Like it just yeah. never ends. It just never, so like, you, you know, the whole point being kind of what Rob's saying, like you just got to enjoy the day, like let the mud settle and enjoy the day. Or, it's getting a little more spiritual. but Or or the, the other thing is too, yeah. is, is constantly reassessing your goals. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one of the things sure. that, that I learned in the last couple of years, which was, okay, you know, at the, you know, you set your goals for the year and then you mm -hmm. set your goals for the month. And then you check on where you are each month. You do special days where you go, did I get to where I wanted to for the month? And then, um, and so that you're constantly allowing yourself to have that growth, but at the same time when you're hitting those goals, it really does feel good. I think the, the thing that fears, that I fear more is the drift of, you know, I think I have, I, I think the drift of time is one of the things that um, makes me feel unsettled or gives me, you know, the anxiety. Sure. Mm -hmm. but, but I think that the whole thing is it's that it's good to goal set and to be able to say like, I'm, I'm going to do this for the year and, and then say, well, this is my one year, two year, three year, five year plan. And this is, but at the same time, this is my one month plan and, and then break it back right. down. This is my week plan. And, and are you hitting mm -hmm. those? And then when you get them done, it's like, yeah, I finally, like, I got exactly where I wanted to be on, on these fronts. And so that also, mm -hmm. that, that I was not saying uh, 
static. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think it's that's really great and important. So you have like little steps, but I think it's also okay to just enjoy your day. Like I'll speak for myself. It took me a long time to just like have a good day. Like I was always living in the mm-hmm. future of the past. I was always like, mm-hmm. I'll be happy when this happens. When I finally, especially in our business entertainment, when I finally get this, when I finally get that, when this happens, or I'll look back and go, why didn't this work out for me? It's very hard to just go, oh, I'm just going to have a nice Saturday. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying you don't bust yeah. your ass right. for what well, you want. You know, I was just watching the Jordan doc. Because life goes on. Life passes you by. And next thing you yeah. know, you, you missed a lot of happy days that you well, could have yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, of, one of the things <laughs> I like. Master the day. Just master the day you're in, and the next day will follow. You yeah. can't master the whole year in a day. Just master the day. Yes. Yes. What that was yes, one of somebody well said, somebody in the Jordan doc was saying that the his biggest the biggest talent that he had was his ability to stay present. Yeah. Mm. And, and, mm-hmm. so, and so that mm-hmm. even though he knew what his jobs were and where he had to be, but he when it was time to go to work, he was present, always present in the moment with everybody he he was working with, and when he was on that, not thinking about did this did I lose this or or they even he even said he, he never he said he never worried about if he was going to miss a shot. He said, why worry about something before I even take a shot? That's why I that's love really that. Man, I love that. Yeah, really no, no, that's, that's, that's head on. That's right. I on. got to, uh, I got to do a shoot with Phil Jackson. I, I was doing this shoot with him when he went to uh, New York um, and I got to meet him for like, tw- I mean, I, I know someone who knows him very well. So I got to do the shoot with him and I said to him, how do you handle the pressure? Like, he didn't really want to talk to me. It wasn't like I was close with them. I was like, what, you know, but like, I, cause I can't think of a more pressure life. And he said, you know, I, I said, cause he's so Zen. Right. And he's like, I just exactly what you said with when he worked with Jordan. He's like very present. He's like, I just look at the next little steps that I have to do for that day. Kind of what you said, Pam, like he just like worries about like, you know, worry about the dribbling, worry about like just these little tiny master shifts. the moment. Master, Master the, the moment. moment. Yeah, because the, the bigger picture is just too overwhelming. It's not yeah. your job right. to save the earth. It's not your job to save the planet. It's it's, it's your job to save your brain. It's to, yeah, yeah, the yeah. universe yeah. is going to play out. Everything's going right. to play out. It's yeah. to you to keep try to keep as cool as possible as those things open up. Yeah, man, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and uh, you know what's, cool, what's so true? Right. You, you can't control that. Like, you can only control what you can do that day. And let me tell you, this is not like, I'm not, this is a new, this is new shit for me. Like this is the last couple of years, you know? So it's Same. like, but it really has made a big difference for me, you know, in the sense of like, I can't control that. Like what do you want me to do? Like, I, it's not up to me and just let it go. It's not easy to do that. I've never and been the only thing it. you control is your reaction. You know, there yeah. you go. That's it. That's the only That's thing right we there. have control. The thing you can control your reaction. Because I, I pop off, I get you know I'm from the East Coast. <laughs> I got with a belt growing up. I mean, I pop off. <laughs> but uh, every time I've ever popped off, it it doesn't solve anything. It doesn't. The yelling. Oh, it does not. The drama, not. the bullshit. It's just like you're just giving people cancer, man. You just make it yeah. tense. Yeah. Yep. And now yeah. it comes about the yelling and not about whatever the argument was. Because we're all going to die anyway. We all know <laughs> how the story ends. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Why and that's what I think. And yeah. you know what? Isn't that what it's really all about? We're chasing like our some sort of legacy. Like we're not going to be here. We're trying to be remembered or like heard or seen. Like Felicia said earlier. So like we want this fame or we want whatever. And uh, it's because we're not going to be here forever. And I think that's so much of it is fear of death. And now we're getting really going a rabbit hole. Now we're talking about, yeah, yeah. But, but like the whole like yeah. You know, well, that's being on the planet. You know, back to the Marvin Gaye thing. You know, who, who's, who's willing to try to save the world is destined to die. Then the next line is, "Live your life." 
Yeah. Yeah. There we go. On See, that, that's hey, why on stuck that, in my hey, head. On that note, what's our time like? Because we, uh, we got I don't know. I don't do things by time. It's 940. We can wrap it up. We can wrap it up. But yeah, uh, Rob, Rob, I wanted to ask you something. Pure, uncut joy. Is that, was that about your daughter? Uh, well, that was about the ecstasy in German girls. Yeah, that's what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, if you want, listen to the final track, and it's uh, Pure, Uncut Joy. It's just, I, I've done like three or four stories on stage. Like I do stand-up joke, joke, jokes, but then I got big hunks that I always closed with, like, you know, just things on the road. Like a good story, if you have a good story, it's a good 10 minute close. Like it's just a good thing to have in your pocket. But uh, mm -hmm. the story was about my first concert uh, in Roanoke, Virginia, it was Buena Vista, Virginia. And my mom drove me to this concert, right? She drove me to myself. And this was the lineup. This was my very first concert. My dad died in 82, right? Died in a car accident out of nowhere. Just one day fell asleep, drove off the side of the road and hit a pole and that was it. I saw him that morning. And then wow. I saw the cop come to our house. Mm. Wow. I saw my mom drop. I saw the whole thing. Uh, my mom wigged out. Mm. Like I saw all of it. And, uh, but that was 82. 83 hip hop started happening. I was just a spastic kid. I would draw spaceships. I would play with laser. I was just out there, wild, wild kid. And then hip hop happened. I loved it. Pop and lock, and I was the best pop and locker. I could break dance so good, but it was a small little rednecky town. So I was the king of the town because <laughs> I was the coolest break dancer, and everybody was into it. And then that year, they said this is the very first hip hop concert that ever hit Virginia. It was called the Fresh Fest. And the Fresh Fest, this was the first hip hop concert that ever hit Virginia. It was in Roanoke. They did Richmond. They did a big, but the lineup was Grandmaster Flash, Houdini, Run mm. DMC on their what? first what? album. Run DMC wow. on their first album. Mm -hmm. And then the Fat Boys. And this wow. was like, this is when the Fat Boys were bigger than Run DMC. Wow. Yes, yeah, Fat Boys were huge. Huge. You know what the, yeah. the record Disorderly. that summer was? was uh was was sex the Pee Wee herman dance i remember oh my mom drove me to this concert <laughs> and i had a full fila suit i had a full <laughs> fila suit <laughs> we went to star Arena to the fresh festival my mom was out there my mom is not like a mom like my mom has crazy <laughs> wild hair uh she would drive a bicycle that was multicolored. she had this like technicolor <laughs> bicycle and she'd ride around this redneck town nobody understood her very artistic, like would buy, uh, go to cool. antique stores and buy pictures of random people and then wrap them up as gifts, <laughs> give them to my friends. And my friends would be like, who's this dude leaning against a Coke machine? I'm like, I don't know. She just, oh, that's her sense of humor. <laughs> so I, I, heard, I heard the Fat Boys were coming. I love the Fat Boys. And they were rapping. And I kind of hit hip hop when it was just fun. And I was fun. Like I wasn't like the BC boys age. I was like 12 and 13. So it just, when the fab, they were rapping about cheeseburgers and hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're 12 years old and you hear a dude rapping about pizza and hamburgers, oh. you're like, oh, this is the best shit ever. Oh my God. So I had to go see this Stick them. Stick them. So yeah, my mom Stick drove me to this concert and uh, she took me to the concert and then she opened up the door and I had a ticket. She goes, go on in by yourself and just set me in to the first hip hop show by myself 
like 13, 12, 12 years old. And it was 85% black. I went right to the front. I stood right by the speakers, right? I saw Run DMC, 19 years old. I'm 13 years old. They're coming to the stage, like looking around, like, holy shit, this place is sold out. Like the place just went packed. The redneck, like Southern black people had never heard, like didn't ever saw this before. It was like seeing Led Zeppelin. Like the lights right. went down <laughs> and the hottest record was the Pee Wee Herman dance. And it had this great wow. beat. Just went <laughs> boom, boom, bat, boom, boom, boom. And all these lasers started going. I remember seeing it all. And I saw Run DMC, I saw Houdini. Do the freaks oh come out at night? God. Freaks uh, come out at night. Five minutes of <laughs> funk, all of it. And then I saw the fat boys and I wigged out. My mind was blown out and I was popping and locking for like 35 <laughs> minutes. And I talk about it. I wasn't high. I wasn't drunk. This was pure, pure, uncut joy. Like joy. Wow. You remember that as a kid when your mind is just wow. like, mm -hmm. like wow. my mind. I never seen, wow. nobody had ever seen that. It'd be like seeing wow. Led Zeppelin or the Beatles. It was like, yes, yes. It was like, who, what? Like they do that? Wow. You know, now wow. it's so commonplace. I, I go to Chase wow. Bank. I go to Chase Bank and they have Jay-Z on the Chase Bank ATM. I'm like, holy shit. I remember when this shit wasn't on the radio and you had to find the dude. Yeah. Like, yes, man. Wow. Wow. So yeah, that's man. the pure uncut joy. I talk about. Wow. Just that happiness when you're like 12, when you just have that thing. Or it could be a kiss con, it could be a football oh, game. Oh, I completely. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah, so that's nice. where it comes from. It's about my mom taking me and just letting me be me, actually. Just like, go do your shit, I don't give a, you know? She went to McDonald's and read Shogun. She had a book. Oh, man. Shogun. <laughs> yeah, Shogun oh, was hot. My, my mother read that, that too. My mother yeah. read that too, Shogun. Got her. Shogun. <laughs> It was like this thing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's a good oh, way to wrap up. And wait for your kid at the concert. You read a book and then you go pick them up. That's a great line too. That's a great way to end the show. Like who has a, a pure uncut joy from when they were like 12 year old moment to share. Uh, I love it. That's a I cool one. It. Rob, I, I, I must say, man, um, that, that, that's, inspira that's inspiring, bro. Oh. I'm, I'm just inspired. That's a yeah, part of you I just don't know. I, I love that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We all have these stories and you know, yeah. it is a hard time right now and it's weird and yeah. But yeah, just thanks for having me involved. I love seeing you guys. Hey, th thank you, man. Yeah, good great to meet you, man. Yeah, great to meet you. Nice meeting you for sure. So is that our big moment? Anybody else have a pure uncut joy moment? Do we want to end Anybody on? Want to talk about their first concert? Mo, what was your first concert? Uh actually it was um LL Cool J. Oh, oh. Wow. Yes, when he did uh, I'm Bad. Yeah. Uh, and I had a Kango and some Shell Top ah! Adidas and, you better work it. and some Gazelles. Uh, and <laughs> I just, I wanted to be LL Cool J. And I he really had the boombox. He had the big, yes. huge boombox wow. on stage. Yeah. And he would wear no shirt and he was ripped and he'd come out and, and he was just. Chain around the neck. Oh my God, I wanted to be that guy. I swear Powerful. to God, if I could have been LL Cool J. I, that that was my that was my guy. <laughs> you know what's so funny about these stories? Honestly, Walking I grew up with Run DMC and Russell <laughs> Simmons and LL Cool J. I'm from Hollis Queens. Wow, oh, you man. know all so, this. While you saw them in a concert, I saw them in a park at 11. Wow, years old. wow, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. crazy. What was your first concert? My first concert.
I can't remember. I, I can't even remember. I remember in New York or somebody. I used to go see Brass Construction, Crown Heights of Fear, La Chic at Belmont oh. Park, all free, all free concerts. Russell Simmons. That. Russell Simmons used to sleep on her couch. Wow. No way, really? Yeah. He, That's yeah. Crazy. Thank you and good night. Did he say that when he came to your couch? <laughs> Thank you and good night. I took him that though. <laughs> he got that Thank line you for me. And good night. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember when I was going in to do Def Jam, and Pam came with me because I was too scared to go tape by myself. So Pam comes to get me in Brooklyn, and wow. we roll in. And Russell's supposed to be. Uh, Russell was like my manager at the time, but when he saw me, he wasn't even excited. He was like, Pam! <laughs> like, he was so, he was like, in years, in years, he'd be like, you're Pam's friend. You don't understand, you're Pam's friend. So, like, you know, it was like, he like absolutely loved Pam. So that's like, I just find that hilarious to me. She's, cause yeah. she's, one of those, she's one of those quiet people who roll with everybody, but she doesn't say anything until you find out later. She just always a yeah. fool yeah. in the situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always a quiet storm. And everybody say, you don't know so-and-so. I'm like, nope, you're right, I don't. I don't know. Who <laughs> knows anybody anyway? Don't know myself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Every day I change. I don't know myself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. We're all evolving, all changing. Exactly. Exactly. Well, now, Heather, well, what's folks? Your, what was your, wait, Heather has good concerts. What concerts did you go to? Because she's always big into concerts. That's her favorite um, What was your my, first one? My first, first one, I was eight and it was michael jackson at dodger stadium wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Damn, i wish all, i man. wish i could say that, that i remember that it bad boys, man. That's <laughs> Trump says, oh, but no I but well but i don't rem- like i remember it i remember being in a box at dot because our friend worked for the dodgers so i remember being in a box in dodger stadium and needing binoculars to look at the stage and it being michael jackson um i wish i remembered like more of the concert itself I think I just remember like the experience though of the whole concert. Yeah. Um, and then my first one that I Michael really Jackson live. Well, I mean, That's the energy, the the energy must have been crazy though, right, Heb? I mean, it had that? crazy energy. Like it oh, must yeah. have been explosive. Oh my God, I'd never seen anything yeah. like it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Was crying, yeah. falling out, right? But she's oh, seen a- I can't oh, imagine. Oh. Wow. Like yeah. Yeah. LA baseball stadium? That's like- Yeah, it was oh, insane. Wow. I just remember hey, like- Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. My first concert, I you remember you said that? It was at at the Shea Stadium. It was a big, big, big um hip hop concert. Everybody was there and they tore their behinds. They closed the concession stands. I was high as I don't know what. I didn't eat. I was hungry. <laughs> and I told my friends, look, I'm gonna pass out. I need to eat. They said, No, nah, Pam, you all right. No, I need to sit down, I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> I passed out. <laughs> Did you really? At the stadium? Got passed out, yeah. Yeah, that happens at concerts. Man, uh, we were yeah. lit. Took us lit. It was no food. It was and there's not a lot of air. It's so hot. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've had that happen too. I've been like, I gotta get that yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. That was my first concert. Wow. Okay. Crazy. Mikey, did you give us one? Because I, I don't think so. Did you tell us a concert? No, mine is. I went to a Pink Floyd concert. I wasn't a big oh, Floyd. Someone just got tickets awesome. and they were like, I love Pink yeah, Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to that and it was, I remember it very well because it was very theatrical. But I didn't. Wow. It was, I kind of became a fan a bit after because someone's like, I didn't really know. I was like, oh, I love him. 
I can't wait to go see him in concert. And they're like, no, it's a band. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like 11. I was like 11 or 12. Yeah, when wow. I was young, they scared me. It was really creepy, yeah. like arty yeah. music. Like it's totally, weird. it was really. Yeah, it wasn't and, until and, I got older with some sensibility, I was like, oh, this is some deep oh, yeah. art. Yeah. yeah, I was a little kid and then everybody was in there, you know, to me, they were married couples just making out and smoking weed. And I was like, <laughs> honestly, yeah. 11. And I, it was the same thing where I got dropped off with a friend. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> but I, I remember afterwards, like trying to learn about Pink Floyd, because I, I really I caught no one corrected me. I thought I was a person. And I remember going, yeah, he's great. I can't wait. And then uh, I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, it's a group. It's not a person. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie to people. People know. People remember going, no one corrected you. He's That's not a person. So funny. Did Felicia. they bring out the pig though? They used to have inflatable They did. Yeah, they bring out the. That's when. We, that's how I remember it. Like I remember the pig. They had these all these theatrics. Wow. The big pig came floating out and all that stuff. And I'm like, this is concerts. Great. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> what about Felicia? What'd you got? What was your concert? It was just like a date breaker. Like uh, my parents were getting dressed and I just cried the whole time. And the babysitter <laughs> got there and I kept crying like really loud. So I got to go and I was five and it was uh, Rock Creek Park when they had, uh, you know, Rock Creek Carter Baron. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Donald yeah. Bird and the Blackbirds. Yeah. Mo, here's I another cried. story. This is a true story. I fell oh, out of a movie. Makes a good one. What did Rob say? No, I'm sorry. On, I, I spoke over because no, it's another trauma kid story. But I fell out of a moving car on Rock Creek Park going 35 <laughs> miles per hour. Oh my God. What? I tell this story on stage, but it was my older brother, my older sister, and we were in an old Oldsmobile. You know, my dad it had electric tape on the back seat. Like it just had Yeah, cracks. I wanna know, my, yeah. My dad never spent money on cars, never. It was always <laughs> real estate cars, was dumb money, always had junkers and he had this just piece of shit and he had this plastic vinyl, but we were playing in the Rock Creek Park. You could split DC in like 10 minutes if you know how to drive through Rock Creek Park. It's this windy mm -hmm. road. Oh yeah, so we're yeah. in the back seat. And we're playing the lean game. Did you ever do the lean game? Yeah. Yes. And we're yeah. playing the lean yeah. game. And my older brother, we're going 35 miles per hour. This is a true story. Five years old. My older brother, older sister leaning on it. The door flies open. Open up. Oh. I go flying out of the car. <gasps> Bam. Hit the ground rolling. Boom, 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 boom. I jump up. I'm like, I'm going to be a comedian. Because <laughs> you have to have a head injury to do this job, probably. You gotta be crazy oh, to do this job, probably. <laughs> no, but I, did, I, I fell out. No. I fell out, and uh, I didn't. I they took me to the hospital. All the cars were. Uh, I didn't oh, break anything, God. but they had they had to dig gravel. I had gravel dug Ooh. into my face. And they had the time. Trauma. Yeah, trauma. Oh, yeah, God. it was the 70s. Like, nobody had seatbelts. No. Yeah, no one's third. They used to put yeah. me on the public bus for like 45 minutes going across town. <laughs> I had like that. seven I years that. old. Dudes were smoking <laughs> weed and crap mixed up in the back, yelling shit at me. Yeah, I remember shit like that. You know exactly, Mo, you remember in the McDonald's oh stop, God. they go, everybody's going off on you. Yeah. Hey, I remember man, that I was, I was hanging boxer, with my one kid. I took I'm telling you, I had to take up boxing, bro. Really, yeah. seriously. Yeah, because my mom would just drop me and be like, hey, take care of yourself. 
Gotta get mm. to school. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. But <laughs> now yeah. you go, I mean, say I had the same shit, but now you go to jail for that stuff. You don't drop a seven-year-old off at a box. <laughs> go to jail for that. Yeah. <laughs> Back then it was like, my mother, I had a mother that was, my mother was so controlling. I couldn't do anything. I was so babied. I couldn't even go to the corner without her watching me. I, I'm, it was, it was kind of, it was insane. My sister couldn't even see a rated R movie till she turned 17 and then had to get permission from my mother, which one to see. And then if she tried to sneak out, my mother always knew what she was trying to do. My mother was so, she could, she could find out what she did, where she was, who she went to go see. And my sister was like, I have- That's no, a good mom. Without social media, we couldn't do anything. <laughs> it was like, we couldn't do anything. So I, I have like, I am, I am deeply rooted in, in uh, like a goody two shoes. I've, I've been a goody two shoes. But well, that describes your personality now, Maya. That's yeah, well, great. My, no, 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 no. No, it does. My mom, my, yeah, yeah. my mom passed when I was 14. So I was so, but I would still be too scared to do anything. So even like my crazy stories, I never was like at a party that like went wild. Like my, my craziest thing was getting drunk at the Boston on New Year's. And like, <laughs> I know. Can, I make, can I make it to Benny's pizza? <laughs> I need to eat something. I, I know. I know. The Boston was pretty crazy though. The Boston was pretty crazy. And that's why, that's why Masabi and I are so tight because Masa like they, like there was a couple guys that played Big Brother that like Masavi would watch me in the club and make sure that I I would I wouldn't because I I'll have two cocktails and I'd be passed out so they kind of cut me off at like margarita and a half and then they send me home <laughs> with our friend Tony Carboni who was another comedian so they send me home with Tony Carboni so, Tony will make sure you get home safe like they were really they had I had parameters on me I, I'm still yeah like, oh yeah because we know you end up somewhere. Tied up. Tied up. Now, is there a service that offers that that helps you know wild adults? Just oh, kind of I know some of those comics would have tied you up back then. I know those guys. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The little, the, the all the problems in my life were the little bitty gap of like the worst. Somebody getting past when Masabi said, "Stay away from that person." They found, then they found out where I was and showed up, and then that always became the problem. So I always had to have, I always had to have like a chaperone. Oh, I, believe me, I, I had to break up plenty of fights I'm back naive. in those days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially at the Boston. At the Ooh. Boston, those late shows, those random, who knows who, who was going to roll in there, man. I know, a, man. It was, it was a great crowd to learn how to do stand-up, though. It yeah. was the hardest. Mm. I saw comics quit comedy on that stage. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard. People would eat it. You would eat yeah. most, most people, would, was, I would say 50% would eat it. Like, but yeah. then, then like the yeah. top tier, you would figure it out and you could get some good sets yeah. if you could get them going if you had a good yeah. crowd. The club was so nuts. I remember, when, I remember, and this is what a goody two shoes I was at the Boston. It was like Neil, um, Kev, it was Kevin Brennan and someone else, and they got mad at each other. But they started throwing the mic. They like took the mic off and just chucked the mic. And so I remember going up to uh, Kevin Brennan was like, I was so new at comedy. I was like, you know how hard it is to get an opportunity to perform on this stage. And here you are throwing them like, like nobody wanted me around. I was just like, everyone's like partying. And I'm like, that was just wrong. And I can't believe you did that. I was always like, that was wrong. You can't do that. Mari was the original Karen. She was, oh, I was right? But I didn't have anybody to call. Like, who are you going to call? Barry Katz? You're like, Meanwhile, you got guys in the back room doing lines and smoking weed. No, this, is how, this is how funny it was years later. I mean, I'm talking about 15 years later. 
I, I go down, we're down, and it, it, was, it was right before the Boston finally closed. And I'm with Poppy. I'm with Poppy Fields. And Poppy's like, I said, I quit comedy for so long. She's like, you needed to quit. She's like, Hollywood <laughs> kept, you, kept you healthy. Everyone else became drug addicts. And I was like, <gasps> they're doing drugs? <laughs> this one's coming out, rubbing. And I'm like, everybody's like grinning. I'm like, I had no idea those were the symptoms. That's, what, that's how stupid I was. I had, I had no... I was such oh, a you, you were, I'm glad I you were, I'm figure, glad you were. I couldn't figure it out, huh? It's good, it was up. good, it's good, it's good yeah. that you were that way. <laughs> it kept you safe, believe me, it kept you safe. You guys kept me safe. Yeah. You guys kept me safe, <laughs> you know? I had the best, like, the hel- the safest party animals around me. Well, know? meanwhile, I was a deviant uptown somewhere, you know? But anyway. Oh. Who's to say? I'm, jo- I'm joking, guys. Come on. Hey, you don't know who's watching. You don't know who's watching. Every eyebrow, every eyebrow raises. I know. We're all like, new story. Listen, Yo, just to right. We're about to wrap up. All right. On that note, on that note. <laughs> on that note. Back that to most note. deviants on Thursday. <laughs> yes, exactly. To be continued, Mo. Hey, exactly. Folks, you guys are wonderful. I, I, Rob, thank you for coming on, man. You, you. It, a breath of fresh yeah. air, bro. It's Thanks, Rob. See. It was great. Yeah, yeah, really great to meet you, man. I love great, great to meet you. Guys. Yeah, I knew anybody Mo was going to bring was going to be cool and interest and funny and interesting. So this is great. Well, I, that's how awesome. I Thanks, man. It's amazing. So <laughs> I've been hearing so much about you. I feel like we just always missed each other. So Thanks, stay man. well. Enjoy right. your heat. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy your heat. Yeah. Enjoy right. the heat. All right. I'm going to lay low. And your right. ice cubes. Yes. I'm going to get a couple right now. Mm-hmm. The back of the neck. Exactly. You gotta get the back, back of the, the neck. neck. That back of the neck. Back of the neck is key. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The cold towel. Back there. The cold yeah. towel. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I'm making electrolytes. Get those electrolytes. <laughs> exactly. Well, All right. As we sign off, I just want to say. Bye, everybody. I'm yeah. Sorry. As we sign off, I just want to say thank you again for Laugh Factory for letting us. Uh, use this space and promote our show and all those great things. It's just such an opportunity to be affiliated with this club. So I just want to say that. All right. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Bye.